Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Mary Angelini from Key Moment Films about wedding videography. I like to do these vendor spotlights where the vendors talk about their business and also give you guys tips if you are looking for a vendor for your own wedding of things that you can ask and look for. So welcome, Mary. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'd love to start at the beginning and find out how you got started as a wedding videographer. Well, that's a complicated question, isn't it? It it is a really great story, actually. I got started in in a recession. I I graduated, and it was a recession like a lot of us graduating. It was really tough to get a job, and I was working in a Fortune 500 company, and someone asked me what I wanted to do for the rest of my life because apparently she didn't think that it was appropriate for me to work at this Fortune 500 company, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the answer, but I thought about it really hard, and I wanted to be an underwater videographer. That just sounded like if I could be lo- have lofty goals, that was the one to have. And so I got a scuba certification, and I read online the best way to be an underwater videographer is to get a lot of experience on land as a videographer. And the best way to do that is to get some weddings under your belt. I started filming weddings, and I fell in love and never took the plunge underwater. <laughs> Literally or figuratively. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, Disney weddings are a little bit different than traditional weddings held elsewhere. What would you say your favorite thing is about shooting Disney weddings? Well, I have two different. I have like the fun aspect. I absolutely love seeing the magic that really gets played into any Disney wedding. It doesn't matter. I catch myself my face hurting from smiling so much, especially when the characters come out. I think it really just brings together the magic of Disney. And on the as a vendor side, I really love the consistency. You know exactly what to expect every single time you come. It may not be the easiest venue to work at because of the logistics of walking and carrying our equipment, but you know exactly what to expect every time. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be run on time, and it's always going to be a beautiful production. You, you always know what to expect. That's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what the brides on this show say is that Disney is very professional. They know exactly what they're doing. Everything runs really well. And it's because they, you know, have so much experience doing this. Absolutely. And you can tell from the vendor end, you know, you're going to eat. And it's surprising because working at a wedding off property, you have no clue if you're ever going to get a meal or 10 minutes before you're supposed to leave. You know that the the way that a wedding should run will always run that way at a wedding. It's always done really well. That's cool. So are there some things that couples should consider early on in their planning process that might affect videography? Absolutely. I think that everyone has a budget. I mean, the Queen of England, the Duchess (laughs) has a budget, maybe larger than our budget. But I think it's really important to sit down and think, I planned my own wedding and paid it all for myself four years ago or 
my partner and I paid it together. And I think it's important to make a list of your priorities. So list everything that's important to you and then try to make this. Everyone's going to want a budget from you and probably more than what you allotted to spend. So I think really keep going back to that list of the top five. It's important. The top second five that's important will help you really narrow that down. And if memories are important to you, making sure you remember things, watching your first dance, listening to your vows, then considering hiring a professional videographer would benefit you if that's important to you. We have a lot of couples, and kind of going off subject a little bit, but we have a lot of couples that maybe they decided not to get videography, but then had an ill family member. And once the the idea of the permanence is no longer going to be there, knowing that maybe a family member might not last as long as you think they will in your life, I think their priorities really change. So think about not just today's priorities, but think about in 10 and 15 and 20 years, what will be important to you? That's a really good point. And I feel like I see this a lot that it seems like at the beginning, almost nobody thinks they want videography. They think, okay, photos are enough. And then at the last second, like the last couple months, and this happened to us too with our wedding, you realize, <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to capture all of this. I'm spending so much time and effort and money on this. I want to know everything about it and see everything about it. And I wonder for you as a videographer, does that make it more difficult when somebody comes to you and says, can you shoot my wedding in one month? Or are you just so used to that because that's what everybody does? <laughs> well, I'd say we get the couples who book us the minute or even before they even book their date at Disney. And then we get the couples who are contacting us three, four, five weeks out. So we really get this huge range of bookings and you can just tell where their priorities are. I don't take it personally. I'm just happy that they've chosen to to book us. And you know, it's funny because the last couple of months we do see that maybe an aunt or uncle really want to give you a gift that's memorable and maybe they don't want to give you China, maybe the gift of videography. And that's something that we try to encourage is think outside the box. If this is something that you decide is important to you, or maybe a family member might, it might be important to them asking for help instead of a physical gift, maybe a gift in the videography department. That's a really good point because you do sometimes see that where people are like, oh, at the last minute, somebody offered to pay for this, that, and the other thing, but we're already having a welcome dinner or a rehearsal dinner or whatever. That would be a great thing to step up and, and cover. It is. And, you know, it's one of those things. I think there's only three things, and you could, you know, challenge me on this, but I think there's only three things at a wedding that increase in value over time. Everything else is going to be consumed or will just be a a recent memory and eventually a fading memory, but it's your jewelry, which typically raises in value just on the market, your photography, because that's part of your memories and the videography. Those are the only things that will be more important later than they are currently. That's a really good point. Now, going back to this idea of things that you should be aware of when you're first starting planning, when couples are selecting a venue, are there a few features that can make or break videography? Like if they pick Narcooses, which has a whole wall of windows, or they're outside someplace where it's windy, are there things they should consider? Absolutely. I am, I'm a naturalist at heart. So I'm going to, if you put me underwater, I will make it work. And that's just my personality is just kind of accepting the, the limits and the limitations of the environment. I do love the outdoors, but if it's a windy day, you're, you might hear some wind. Or if it's outdoors, you might hear a train or a boat blowing its horn. And those are just part of the natural environment. So definitely consider that depending on your comfort level as well. And even the veil, if, if the wind is not in your favor, the veil might be flying in your face. Consider the environment that you will be in. Lighting is also 
really crucial. And I think as a professional, we have ways to work around it. But there are limitations to everything. Again, just like the audio, it's a part of the day. And I think that it's important to embrace that's what happened at your day. If it's raining, and you can start to hear the rain pouring on the on the roof. I think there's something really special about really being genuine and authentic about your wedding. That's a good point. Yeah. So then what are the first steps that couples can take when they start looking for a wedding videographer? I think it's really important to look at their films and not just look at their demos online. I think that's number one. You have to love, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks, it doesn't matter what awards anyone has won, you really have to like the style of the videographer. There are many, many styles. And I think the second also is you have to feel comfortable with a person filming your wedding. And I think that might be just as important as liking their style because it's we're unlike the cake baker or the florist who just deliver something, they do a really pretty job, and they move on. Your photographer, videographer, planner will really be working with you the entire day. We're going to be there when you are literally putting on your underwear and your garter and really intimate moments and think about, will, will I feel comfortable? And we don't have to be best friends, but I think it's important to have that comfort level and that trust to say, I hope she'll tell me if I have something in my teeth, which I totally do. Or, um, And I think there's we just build this relationship. And a lot of our couples afterwards feel confident that we could be friends, even though we don't have to be, but we could be friends. I'm going to look out for you. And I think that's important. Asking yourself, can this person, can I invite them to a family dinner? If you say no to that, then maybe inviting them to a wedding where they're going to be filming you all day is not the right choice. Right. And how do you do that? Do you have Skype meetings? Because a lot of Disney couples are planning remotely. Absolutely. Even our local couples don't have time to meet in, in general nowadays. Skype is amazing. Phone call. I feel like reading reviews are also great. You can see what other brides' reactions of spending a whole day with someone might be. But Skype is really great. And I really believe in trusting your gut and listening and at least a phone call, if not Skype. Or FaceTime, which is great now for Apple users. Right. Okay, got it. So then what kinds of questions should they be asking when they contact potential videographers? I think there's an array of questions when it comes to technology. But I really think that don't ask a technology question if you don't understand the question. If you don't understand the technology, ask what the typical layout of the day looks like. What time do you do they plan on arriving? How does that day look? How much interaction are they going to have? Are they going to be posing you the whole day? Or are they going to let a little bit more photojournalistic, let everything happen? The other question is, how long does it take to get your film back? And I think that's a huge question that most people don't ask, and I attempt to try to explain that in the meeting. I'd say on average, in the U.S., videographers take 8 to 12 months to deliver a wedding film. And we're delivering at two months right now because it's the holidays, but we do the same day edit or the next day edit. So they're getting that film, that highlight film the next day or even at the reception. Well, that's interesting. So maybe that's something to ask. Do you provide a same day edit or a next day edit? So like you say, you have some, they have something maybe to show at their at-home reception while they're waiting to get their full video. Absolutely. And if they don't, which most people don't, it is a more challenging edit. If they don't, ask them, but what is a reasonable estimate of when I'm going to get my film? When am I going to get the small film? When am I going to get the longer film? And what are the formats that films are being delivered on these days? Is it, are you still doing DVDs? Is it Blu-ray? Is it not physical at all? That's a really good question. We highly encourage all of our couples to go completely digital. And what that means is they're getting a 
online link where they can download and, and play a film just like a DVD would, but without any type of disc. If you think about it, most computers don't even come with a disc drive anymore. If you buy a computer at Best Buy right now, it doesn't even come with a disc drive. So we're talking about DVDs and Blu-rays are becoming outdated. And it also has a lot of flaws, the disc. They can scratch. They can be lost. They're hard to duplicate unless you understand technology really well. Um, they're difficult to duplicate. But with online, you can store them in a cloud. You can email them to your friends and family make sure they're storing them in their cloud. I had an unfortunate event when I was a kid where my house burned down and lost everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a personal interest in making sure that all of their memories, and not just for videography, but for photography. So I give them an extensive list on and instructions on how they can keep sake all of their memories. And, and one of those ways is storing them on a cloud and sharing them with your families, also storing on their cloud, of course, safety boxes, etc. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But digital is the way to go. It's the highest quality. And it is the most versatile media. Okay, great. This is really helpful. So then can you explain the differences between the styles of videography that most people offer? I think styles of videography is really dependent on the videographer you ask because one videographer could call themselves cinematic and then 10 others disagree with that one. I think there's not an industry standard of styles. Mm -hmm. In general, though, to answer your question, there really is a couple different styles. It's the cinematic and the documentary. Those are the two big styles. And cinematic is going to be a lot more movie-like both in the editing as well as in the shooting. So there will be a lot more equipment used at your day. There will be a little bit more hands-on asking you, not in like really intimate parts of your day, but let's say in the photo session, there will be a little bit more hands-on and asking you to turn a certain angle or look at each other. And the documentary style is really like more of like a fly-on-the-wall approach where there's less interaction with a couple less directing, as well as the editing is going to be a lot more, I'd say, like simple in its editing process. In my opinion, a more heart pulling, it will be a lot more of an honest document of your day. Interesting. Okay. Another question I see sometimes is how many cameras do you shoot with? <laughs> so I don't like to promise how many cameras I shoot with because every situation is different. For example, if we're shooting in a smaller room, and I think it's the California Girl is a pretty um, small room, and if you have a lot of guests in there, and in my contract, I tell you I have five cameras, but I really can only fit three without being in your guest's shot, then we're going to shoot with three. The idea is, is that I'm going to shoot with as many cameras as I think is appropriate for the size of room and the amount of guests that are there, as well as I don't want to be promising so many cameras that I'm juggling them and not getting a good shot in any one because I have so many. So essentially, I shoot up to five cameras, um, and it's not just me. I have a team, but um, we shoot up to five cameras, and it really just depends on the part of the day, and it could be just our feeling. If I want to try a new shot out, I might break out another camera to try to do that. So we already have safety cameras, and then we get to do a really creative shot with another camera. Okay, and maybe for someone who's not familiar with the way videography works, can you explain then what the difference would be if they hire someone who just shoots with one camera and they're a single shooter? Absolutely. I think there's nothing wrong with a single shooter. If this is all you can have for professional videography, I think there's nothing wrong with it. So that means that you're going to have one camera, typically it's at the back of the room, and if a photographer passes by or a guest has to excuse himself during any part of the key moments of the day, there's no other angle to go to. 
So it's a great option if this is your budget and you can't really budge on that and that's it. It's way better than having a cell phone video. But to me, coming from more of a creative style, it it definitely hinders the creativity when it's a one camera. Interesting. Okay. We talked a little bit about formats and nobody cares what formats you shoot on probably. <laughs> but I mean, I guess my only question would be like, if somebody asked for Super 8, can you do that? Or <laughs> So I'm, there are some really amazing videographers out there who shoot on Super 8 or I don't know, was it 16 millimeter film? And they have that really nostalgic. There's some pros and cons to that. I have a really amazing videographer friend who does it. It is definitely a style. It, you will also very much pay for that style. It is three to four times the amount of another high-end videographer would be. So you can get those really creative looks. But really, we shoot in high definition with DSLR cameras, which are amazing because they look like photographer's cameras. And the pros for shooting with photographer cameras is that your guests don't understand that we're shooting video. And what that means to you is your guests will act more natural they will less likely hide away from or shy away from the camera and we get more authentic reactions. That's interesting. And that's really a pretty new development that now, you know, these high-end cameras can shoot photos and video. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. I absolutely love it. And especially being a female videographer, most of the people in our company are females. And, and typically we're just assuming here that most females are photographers. So people think we're just photographers, which is great. I typically don't correct people unless it's the bridal party because they typically need to know that. But it, it be, it's an advantage to be mistaken as a photographer for most of the time. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yes. Now, I don't know if this is a hot button topic or not, but do you guys offer raw footage? Raw footage is an interesting thing. I'd say the majority of videographers don't offer raw footage. And I understand why, because it's not Ideal. I'd say for 98% of our couples, you don't need raw footage. We do offer it. It's not included in any of our packages because if you speak to me, I'll tell you exactly why. I think that the way that we deliver our films, we include everything that's usable in the final film. I think a lot of the couples want raw footage because the fear of missing out, of right. fear of missing something that the editor missed. I can respect that. What I say, and this is the way that we deliver films, is I say, Receive the film. If you still feel like you're missing something, then purchase the raw footage. But the majority of the time, the raw footage is not necessary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it is sort of like this fear or insurance idea, but hopefully you're going to love your wedding video and you don't need to see anything else. Well, you see, especially I say a lot of the couples when they do decide to get raw footage is because they want to see more dancing footage or maybe they just want to see like more kid footage where there's only so much of one kid dancing on the dance floor that we really should keep. I mean, we keep, we do the highlights of the dancing. So I, I get where that comes from. And it's mostly, it's mostly comes out of fear. I have a couple she purchased raw footage and she said, everything that's on the raw footage is in the film. Mm -hmm. And my answer was, yeah, <laughs> it is. That's, that's raw footage. So just making sure you understand what it is. You know who raw footage is perfect for? It's perfect for couples who can't wait until the final film, especially if your videographer does take a little bit longer than a month or two to deliver the film and you're dying to see it. We had a couple who purchased it and she watched every piece of the raw footage, which I think is crazy. But <laughs> everyone, you know, it's okay. 
or someone who is maybe you have a family member who's an editor who really wants to play around with stuff, maybe that would be the only advantage to having raw footage. Okay, right, right. And does your company offer live streams of ceremonies? So live streams are really tricky. We used to offer them. The issue is the technology is still not here, just like we might be having internet issues and we're breaking in and out. We were having a large amount of non-guaranteed internet, if that's the best way to say it. Unfortunately, the internet is not as predictable as we'd all like it, especially when you're streaming video. So we decided instead of having disappointed couples every third or fourth wedding, we've decided to discontinue it. That's why we offer the same day edit. They're getting that film. They can send it to their family members from far away the same day of like during their wedding night, they can check their emails and email it or the next day and email it to their family, friends. And it's a way prettier film than that live film. Yeah, honestly, I think friends and family probably would prefer to see something that had been all edited down to 10 or 15 minutes versus, you know, the full 45 minutes, people wandering around waiting. <laughs> it is. And it's I, I understand, especially when there's six family members, I just can't as a business, I just can't justify having to apologize every third or fourth wedding because the internet breaks out and their family or their family member can't figure out how to go online. And, and then there's the stress of the other family members who are attending the wedding that are now communicating with the person far away. It just, it just seems like more, unfortunately, I can't guarantee it. And, and that really makes me nervous. Right. Okay. So the couple has gone through, they've done their research, they've talked to a lot of videographers, they've decided to sign a contract with one. What should they look for in that contract before they sign it? That's a great question. Again, if you haven't already, find out how long it will be to deliver the film, how long it's going to take from after your wedding to get that final film. That is number one. The other things are payment plans. I think that understanding what your, how your payment is broken down can be a little bit confusing um, depending on how it's set up, make sure that you understand the rights of what you're signing into. Typically, when you're signing a contract, most videographers and photographers in the contract, essentially, you're allowing them to use your image, your video for commercial purposes. And that really just means going on your blog or Facebook, which are typical. There are um, some instances where a couple decides not to for political reasons. Maybe they're in the armed forces or I've had like police officers who maybe they work in a special department where they really can't have their personal lives online. And just make sure you have those conversations. Those are really important conversations, especially before the contract is signed. So you understand exactly what you're getting into. Okay, this is really great stuff. Where can my listeners go to learn more about your services? So we actually have two different websites. We have keymomentfilms.com, which is our cinematic offerings. And then we have Calypso Wedding Films, which is a little bit simplified version. It's also a little bit more budget friendly. And there's talented videographers who work exclusively for us that can shoot that. So it would be calypsoweddingfilms.com and keymomentfilms.com. Well, Mary, this is really helpful information, and I appreciate your taking the time to be on the show today to offer some insight into how to find a wedding videographer. So thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. 
And for instant answers to all your Disney's fairy tale weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.